be visible. People cannot buy from you if they cannot see you. And you can post on social media in your feed all you want, but if you are not posting about you, you are not showing up in your stories, you are not showing up live or on video, you're not using the platform to its full potential. Welcome to Made It Happen podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Haefling. Made It Happen is a podcast series highlighting female founders who took a chance and launched their own business. This is our We Rise segment in partnership with Rise Windsor Essex, where we will be bringing you stories of local female entrepreneurs in the Windsor Essex area, sharing their stories of how they built their business and how they made it happen. I just want to start off by saying thank you so much for joining me here today and I'm excited to be speaking with you and do we want to just start off with having you tell us a little bit about yourself and I know you've referred to yourself as a serial entrepreneur so a little bit about that. Sure so my name is Kirsten Perry I am a social media manager brand designer like you said serial entrepreneur and i spend my days working with small business owners to help them understand the online world and make sure that they are visible i call myself a serial entrepreneur because i feel like i'm always taking on a new project and i swear every year there's something else that i'm launching or i i'm like oh i'm writing a book or i i run this community page in windsor and there's just always something so um, I just refer to myself as a serial entrepreneur, but yeah. I love it. And so I guess to get started, do you want to tell us a bit about how you got into marketing in the first place um, and just into the industry overall? Absolutely. I went to the University of Windsor. I absolutely loved it. I actually started in drama, which is just crazy to think about now because so much has changed over the years, but I started in drama and then realized I wasn't being challenged enough. So I transitioned to business and then I kind of dove into marketing that way. There was no marketing program at the University of Windsor, but you could concentrate in finance, uh, human resources, marketing, and I went the marketing route. The reason I was so drawn to marketing is because I felt like it brought in the creativity of drama but also had the analytical side of business. So it kind of gave me like a left brain, right brain mix. And I just really enjoyed that. So when I graduated, I ended up working with um, a home builder in Windsor-Essex County. And once I did their marketing, I realized that I could work with other businesses and do their marketing as well. So instead of being their employee, I approached them and asked them if I could contract the workout and they agreed and then before I knew it I was helping multiple businesses at the same time with their marketing particularly in social media so in a nutshell that's kind of how I gravitated towards marketing but lots of little things happened in between there as well Mm-hmm, definitely. And I think, you know, that's definitely a like big draw for people is it sort of gives that best of both worlds with the two sides of businesses. And was it when you started sort of contracting out that work, was it immediately you knew I want to be an entrepreneur and sort of own my own business and do this? Or had you ever thought, you know, I want to go and work for a company or what sort of drew you more to that aspect? Truthfully, I have flipped flopped so many times because entrepreneurship is hard and it's scary and nothing about it is certain. There's so many uncertainties. So 
when I first decided that I was going to start freelancing, I was super excited about it. I got to make my own hours. I got to do things on my terms. It was fantastic. Then I got to a point where I wanted to buy a house and do things that require a little bit more stability. And then I started second guessing myself, started thinking, well, what if I don't have the clients? What if I can't get the clients? What if I'm just not cut out for this? And then I would think about, well, should I work for somebody? Maybe I go work for an agency or maybe I try a different field altogether. And it's actually crazy to think about because at the beginning when the COVID-19 pandemic hit, I actually applied to work in the school board, the, like the Greater Essex County District School Board. And my mom, super thrilled about it because she's like, it's a great pension. It's great. It's secure. And then when the pandemic hit, I actually ended up getting the job. But then when the pandemic hit, kids weren't in school. So I couldn't actually go to the job. And it was a blessing in disguise because once everything kind of shut down and businesses realized they needed to be online, my freelance business picked up. So everything everything happens for a reason, but I've definitely had those moments where I was like, no, I don't want to work for myself anymore. I just want to work nine to five. I want to come home and that be it. But at the end of the day, I'm always gravitating towards freelancing and doing what I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. That definitely makes sense. And it's funny how, you know, things do work out the way that they are supposed to. And, you know, especially with that too, you have recently done a rebrand with your business. Um, So do you want to just talk a little bit about, you know, what made you decide to do this and the thought process behind it? Sure. I have rebranded numerous times now, and I think it kind of ties back into that whole serial entrepreneur thing and trying to figure out who I am and what I offer and what value I can provide other people. So recently I rebranded from my business name to like my personal name. And I felt like it just gave me an opportunity to not pigeonhole myself into one project or another. So instead of calling myself a boutique marketing agency, I just call myself Kirsten Perry. I actually use my middle name now, so Kirsten Lauren, but that's who I am. And I can help you with social media marketing. I can help you with email marketing and branding and copywriting and website design. It just gives me the flexibility and the freedom to help people with anything that I want to versus feeling like I'm stuck in one pillar or another. Mm-hmm. That that makes sense too. And with that, you had mentioned, um, I saw on a recent post, you know, you also wanted to really hone in on those key areas that you wanted to focus on. Do you want to talk a bit about, you know, what drew you to that and what made you decide to focus in on those? Absolutely. I think when people get into freelancing, it's very easy to get overwhelmed by the number of things that you're able to offer. And over the past three to four years since I started freelancing, I just pick up new skills left and right. I'm always taking a course here and a course there. So you get to a point where you have so many things that you've learned how to do and you feel like you need to be doing all of them. At the beginning of, I guess, 2020 and leading into 2021, I really wanted to focus on the areas where I felt I could provide the most value and then let the other experts kind of 
take control of the rest. I used to offer website design. I used to offer um, more robust branding packages. And now I've kind of, I guess, shrunk down a little bit to just social media and small branding um, or branding packages for small businesses. And I think that being able to offer everything is, is great, but at the end of the day, you can't be stellar at everything, but usually there's one thing that you are really good at. So no, I guess not only for me, but for others, I just wanted to remind them that like you don't have to be perfect at everything. You don't have to be a quote unquote one-stop shop if you wanna do freelancing. Just focus on what you're good at put out content that provides value and that draws people to you and the rest falls into place. Mm -hmm. That that definitely makes sense. And I know one thing that you really focus on and I love your content that you share for it is social media and specifically for, you know, small businesses. And I'm curious as to right now, I feel like everything with social media has been changing very quickly, you know, the algorithm or reels get involved and all of this. So how do you stay up to date on sort of everything going on and how can maybe a small business owner sort of stay up on those trends as well? As someone who is a creator, I have to be a consumer as well. And this is why a lot of people in social media marketing, if you're ever on Twitter and you look up social media marketing, there's a ton of marketers talking about how stressed out being a social media manager is. Because there's not really an opportunity for you to kind of step away and not be on the platforms. You have to be there. You have to know what's trendy. You have to know what's working and what's not working, not for yourself, but for your clients. It is your livelihood. So I would say that being a consumer and a creator at the same time, probably even more so a consumer than a creator, that's, that's how you, you keep up to date. I don't love TikTok. But I'm on TikTok because I need to see what's going to work for my clients. It doesn't work for all of them, but there are a few of them that it does work for. And I need to be able to kind of guide them in the right direction when it comes to creating those. Same thing for reels. I need to know what's working. I need to know when Instagram is taking away the music feature, which they just recently did. There are just so many things that change every single day that I need, need to be on my toes. I need to be at the top of my game and making sure that I'm learning these things so that my clients don't have to. Their job is to run their business. My job is to help them with their marketing and make sure that they're not wasting time doing things that aren't going to work for them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think that's such a great piece of advice that, you know, people can really use with their business and stay up to the trends. And, you know, there's always going to be the next best thing. So watching out for those. And speaking of, you also recently launched your own YouTube channel. Um, so I'd love to sort of hear about this and what made you decide to start this. If you had asked me this time last year, if I was going to start a YouTube channel, I would have told you no way. I'm not wasting my time. I'm not doing that. But when the pandemic hit, I just felt like there were so many small businesses out there that needed support. And I just couldn't give them the support that they needed one-on-one. -on -one. And I felt that I was always having the same conversations over and over and over again. So creating this YouTube channel allowed me to spill out my expertise, but also have it there as a resource that I can continuously direct people and business owners back to. 
So the very first video I put out was 21 content ideas for 2021. And this is something that I've been able to not just have as my own marketing uh, strategy, but I can link that uh, video, I can link the video to anybody. If someone is asking me what types of content that they should be creating, I can just direct them to that video. And now I'm not having to repeat myself, but I'm able to provide even more value to more people than I was before. And I think as a, a small business owner myself, you always have to be thinking about scalability. And of course, I would love to be in my DMs every single day, every single hour, giving all of my advice, but it's just not feasible when I have to run the social media accounts for my clients. So it just felt like this was kind of the next best step and the next thing for me to do. And my goal for 2021 is to impact the most amount of small business owners that I possibly can, not to pay, not needing to be paid, but just giving them the knowledge that I have. And this just seemed like the most natural step. I think that's such an incredible way to look at it and, you know, the messaging for why you created that and just helping small businesses in general, because I think right now that is crucial. What is the best way to be listening to Made It Happen podcast? Maybe with a glass of rosé, chardonnay. Either way, I want to talk about the official wine of Made It Happen podcast, Paglioni Estate Winery. Paglioni Estate Winery celebrates the simple life in Canada's southernmost wine region with food, wine, and Italian charm. They pay homage to the winemaking traditions of the old world, enhanced by the unique terrier of southern Ontario. Made as they were generations before, their high-quality small-batch wines are crafted with minimal intervention using only the best locally grown grapes. From their cellar to their kitchen, it's all about carrying on the tradition. You can check them out at paglioniestatewinery.com where you can shop their wide variety of wines, my personal favorite, the 2018 Cabernet Marlot, but they have a wide selection of amazing wines to choose from, as well as gift cards and other amazing items. Be sure to go check them out at paglioniestatewinery.com. And if you had sort of one piece of advice that you would give to a small business in terms of social media right now, who's maybe struggling or one that is just getting into social media now, um, would you have sort of one piece for them? Be visible. People cannot buy from you if they cannot see you. And you can post on social media in your feed all you want, but if you are not posting about you, you are not showing up in your stories, you are not showing up live or on video, you're not using the platform to its full potential. Right now, Instagram, LinkedIn, the benefit from using those platforms comes from putting out video content. Instagram is favoring people that are using reels, are favoring people that are using stories and IGTV, anything that's going to keep people on the platform longer. Same thing with LinkedIn, people need to see you. So my biggest advice always, anytime someone comes to me and they say, I'm not getting the engagement that I want, I'm not getting followers, I say to them, well, how visible are you on the platform? Well, I, I post, couple times a week. Okay, great. You could probably post a little bit more, but I'm talking about do people see you? You as the business owner. You are the person that they are going to connect to. You are the person that they are going to build that relationship with. You need to be visible. And I think now more than ever because we are shifting from a world where 
storefronts were the bread and butter, digital platforms are now the bread and butter. And it actually gives you an even better opportunity to be visible and be visible from your couch. Like this is the best case scenario. You get to sit on your couch and be visible to your audience. Use that to your advantage. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And I mean, you can even expand that so much more like before people might come into your store and see you, but now you can be interacting with people all over. And I know, I think it is, um, you know, hard for some business owners or people in general to sort of be that face behind the brand and show it. But I think once they get into it and see like the support you get from doing that, it definitely makes such a big difference for businesses. And you touched on some great points there too, with sort of right now how the industry is changing and especially online with everyone shifting is there sort of some you know key trends or just how you've seen the pandemic really affect social media in general yeah absolutely i think i'm just gonna backtrack just a little bit because i want people to know that i still get scared to be on video And I know how hard it is to show up and be on video. So if it makes you uncomfortable, that's okay. It makes me uncomfortable and this is my job, but just trying your best to show up and and be visible and be engaging with your audience, that's what matters. When it comes to the pandemic and how things have changed, businesses had no choice but to go online. And unfortunately, those businesses that were willing to pivot and tackle the online world, even when they had no idea what they were doing, those were the businesses that succeeded. Unfortunately, the businesses that just kind of waited for it to be over or, or waited for like some type of miracle, it didn't happen. And it's, it's really sad to say, which is also why I created the YouTube channel and why I created like more informative posts on my page because those businesses that maybe didn't jump in right away, now they're having to act faster than they would have had to act originally. And I'm just doing my best to kind of put out this content to make sure that they have all the information that they need in order to act. But I don't think this is going to change. I think that being online is something that is not only imperative, but it is like oxygen to businesses. You don't really have an option to not be online. And like I said, it's just going to continue this way. And I think now that businesses have seen the difference in how much it costs to have a brick and mortar store versus how much it costs to have an online store, it's a no brainer to go the online route. Is it ideal? No, because I love shopping in person, but I think the world is just moving too fast for something like that. And I don't think it's going to change overnight, but I do think that in the next five to 10 years, storefronts are going to be very few and far between. Mm -hmm, Definitely. I think it's, I mean, this year has been pivotal for sure, but like you said, I think it's only going to continue on. So being able to find their way around that and really just sort of dive in head first and what you can do at this time is so important. And I'm curious too, is um, with a lot of your, the posts you put on for like social media and giving those tips where you go for sort of finding the inspiration behind those. I know you create a lot of fun ones. You recently did one with like TV characters and stuff. So a little bit about the creation process behind that. I find inspiration everywhere. Sometimes it's in like the weirdest places, but when I'm shopping, 
I might get inspired by a particular design. When I'm watching TV, I'm overanalyzing the characters to think about like, oh, I think I've met someone like that in my course of doing business. And the more, like I said before, the more I consume, the more I'm able to create. And it's like this give and take. So honestly, inspiration comes from everywhere. And I think that anytime you talk to a creator, they're going to say the same thing. They get inspired by the littlest things. It could be 10 p.m. and I'm going to bed and I'm thinking about something. It comes to mind. I write it down and then I create it. It's, it's just a very interesting process. And of course, I come across things on Pinterest and I come across like other people creating graphics and you pull inspiration from everywhere. But the sum of your experiences as an individual is what goes into creating your overarching style. And I think that it's not necessarily one place that you get the inspiration from, but like I said, a culmination of everything. And then it comes out like throw up onto a design software and you're like, this is me, this is what I can create. Um, but it, it's, it's fun. It's the fun part about it. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I definitely love the posts that you've been putting and, you know, those different fun elements that you add to them. So I think that's so great. And, you know, speaking of social media, you also started up sort of a new venture you mentioned a bit earlier with Only in YQG. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about starting this up and what sort of sparked that? Absolutely. This was something that took off that I didn't expect to in 2019, I left Windsor and I moved to Toronto. It was something that I had always dreamed about doing. And like a lot of people in Windsor, Essex, I was one of those people that would always say, I need to leave Windsor. I don't want to be in Windsor. I don't want to be here. And the more time I spent in Toronto, no matter how exciting and fun and lively the city was, I always gravitated towards home. So when I came back to Windsor, I already had all of my own favorite places and hidden gems that I went to all the time. And anytime I would bring them up to somebody and they had no idea what I was talking about, I was shocked. I'm like, how do you not know? This is the best place for coffee. This is the best place to do your shopping. So I wanted to create something that would help people fall in love with Windsor Essex again. Only in YQG started as a podcast. And then I just fell out of love, I guess, with podcasting. And I gravitated more towards writing. That's the copywriter in me. I just enjoyed that, that medium. So I gravitated away from the podcast and into more of a blog, like social media focus. And it just grew. And people were interested in the things that I was sharing about new stores opening up or restaurants that you need to try, new food, people running food ventures out of their homes that you would not know about because it's not like you're just going door to door saying, Hey, do you have any food here? Like it's just, there's so many different things and it's been really great to not only share my favorite places with people, but also have people share their favorite places with me and with the rest of the community. I think since it started, People have been more encouraged than ever before to shop small, support their, their neighbors, and just be kind. We're all from Windsor-Essex. We're all from YQG. And there's something really proud. Like, you should be proud about that. 
yes, there are issues, but everywhere you go, there's going to be issues and there's going to be things you like and things you don't like. But at the end of the day, you get to make the decision on how you feel about where you live. And with only in YQG, I made the decision that Windsor Essex was the best place to live. And it is my goal through that platform to just spread that, that love and that passion for our city with everybody that I come across. Mm-hmm. I think it's such an incredible platform and, you know, just resource for people to find and find those hidden gems, like you said. And I know you also started sort of a series once the pandemic hit as well as sort of interviewing business owners and, you know, just to make it through this time and more about them. And is there sort of one thing that you, you've really learned from either them as a collective or that you really took away from one of those business owners you'd like to share? The one thing that people have always said whenever I would ask a question on an Instagram live or even in stories is that their favorite thing about Windsor Essex is the community. And I stand by that wholeheartedly because without the strong tight knit community that we have, it just wouldn't be the same. And you could have completely different businesses coming together and supporting one another and that also kind of plays into the, the community feeling. So that would be probably the number one thing that I took away from getting to know these business owners and just connecting with them on a deeper, more personal level is that at the end of the day, their business thrives because of the community and the ecosystem that they're in. I, I definitely agree. And, you know, I, I said previously, I'm sort of new to the area, but even just being here within less than a year, you can definitely just see that community come together, especially when we need it most at these times. So I think it's so great in just the whole impact of trying to support local and um, just support these businesses at this time is, is, is incredible. And, you know, you spoke about too, in the very beginning about, you know, being an entrepreneur and being your being a business owner is, definitely hard and has its ups and downs and is there sort of one obstacle that you've really sort of overcome with starting your business or owning your business um, that you'd like to share? I feel like there's many and some might be smaller than others like figuring out how much to charge like how much am I worth how much should I be charging for these products these services something that small to feeling like what I do doesn't matter and feeling like, well, I'm just another dime a dozen when it comes to social media managers. But at the end of the day, each individual person on this earth has something different to offer. And that's something I always try to remind myself, you know, like everyone talks about the imposter syndrome and, and feeling like you're not worthy of, of getting paid or you're not worthy of being in this space. Everyone goes through it. Every business owner goes through it. And it's a continuous battle. It's something you're always having to work to kind of jump over, get over that hurdle. And it doesn't go away. Some days are better than others, but it's always there. It's always looming. And I would say like my biggest advice when it comes to that is to just stay in your own lane. Focus on what you're doing. Don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Just focus on showing up every day for the people that you are trying to serve and just just do the best that you can and put your best foot forward. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you impact one person or you impact thousands of people, what you do matters. And that's something I remind myself constantly. It's things that I write down throughout the day. If I'm feeling a little bit low, 
I put a little note down that what you do matters. What you do means something. And it always helps keep me grounded and bring me back to kind of a level field. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think that's such a great way to look at it and approach to take with that. And, you know, another way too that many say is sort of remembering all those successes that you've had as well. Um, And you sort of have one big moment that stands out to you from either your business or from running um, only in YQG or anything of that such you'd like to share. I feel like the moment where I finally felt success was when I wasn't having to do outreach to get new clients. It's when I got the first person that came to me through the content that I was sharing. And it seems like something so small, but it was at that point that I knew I was doing what I needed to do in terms of my own marketing. I've built a name for myself. I've started to build trust with people. People were willing to refer me to others. And I think that that's the point where I was like, this is what success looks like. This is how I know this is going to work. This is how I know this is the right thing I should be doing right now. And then it almost gave me that like boost to be like, yes, let's keep going. Let's keep going. And then every single client that follows that or that comes to me or says, Hey, I found you on Instagram or I found you through Google. And I, I saw your website and I really like what you do. It's just adding to that fire. Um, So yeah, I would say that that's probably the moment where I felt the most successful. And like, it doesn't have to be the biggest paying client or the, the biggest business I'm working with. It's the fact that people see value in me and, and see that I can help them. And at the end of the day, that's all I want to do is help people. Definitely. I love that. And I mean, it is definitely a biggest accomplishment. And I mean, it is that milestone in a business and just showing that sort of validation. And if there is sort of one thing you could say to yourself when you were first starting out, um, what would that be? I would say to just keep going and trust the process. Because when you are a freelancer, it's like ebbs and flows you might have a really great month and then you have a month where you make nothing. And this is something I really battled with at the beginning when I was first starting out, things were not consistent. And I've built myself a business now that I'm more experienced and I've been in the industry longer where I can have that consistent income stream. But the first year, year and a half, things were so inconsistent that I always felt like I wanted to give up. And I I said, I can't make a living like this. I need to go work for somebody where it's more stable. So I would tell myself to just keep going and just keep trying. And as a reminder that good things don't come easy and good things don't come quick. It's not like you decide you're going to start a business or you're going to start freelancing and all of a sudden you have 12 clients. No, that's not how this works. You have to build the foundation. And I think People that run their own business or start their own business, they're go-getters. So they, they're like, I want this, I'm going to get it. But then you realize it's not coming as soon as you had hoped. And that's where things start to falter and your self-doubt comes in. So at the end of the day, just keep pushing and just keep trying. I think that's a great piece of advice. And especially for right now with business owners in general, and just during that time and trusting the process. So I think that's a great piece of advice. And where can people go to find you and your business and all of your accounts um, online? 
Sure. So my Instagram account for my business is Kirsten Lauren. That's K-I-E-R-S-T-Y-N-L-A-U-R-E-N. You can find me using that handle on all social media platforms with the exception of LinkedIn, where I use my actual last name, which is Perry, P-A-R-E. But uh, yeah, I keep it consistent across all platforms and make sure to check out my YouTube channel for all uh, marketing tips for small business owners. Thanks for listening to Made It Happen Podcast, the podcast highlighting female entrepreneurs. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, leave a review, and I'll see you next week.